Hello, hello! Welcome to Straight Shooting, alongside A.J. Riley. I'm Matt Basson. Thank you guys for having us. I uh, got a bunch of baseball and golf news for you. Before we get into that, got to remind you to like and subscribe everywhere you can find us. That'd be Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, full episodes on YouTube, as well as DetroitSportsNation.com. A.J., uh, it's been a minute, been man. a minute. Had, uh, had some illnesses and... <laughs> Taking us out of the game yeah, a bit. I know. It has been a minute. I mean, at least two weeks we haven't done a straight shooting. So I'm I'm glad to be back. And, no. you know, I started my new show, The Corner. You're getting ready to wrap up throwing stones with the NBA Finals happening. So, like, it's not like we haven't been doing anything. Mm -hmm. It's just... Right. We've yeah. been busy. <laughs> Had to fill in, you know, for Dylan on uh, the oh, big yeah. picture. Didn't even get to do my big picture, which, I mean, I'm assuming I'm going to have to do it soon anyway because <laughs> Paul's going to need someone yeah, else I to know. cover again. I know. You got your topic ready for that? <laughs> but, I mean, it's been, AJ, it's been mm -hmm. so long. The last time you and I talked, the Los Angeles Angels were part of that New York, L.A. They're all rocking and rolling and running Major League Baseball, you know what? man. So maybe straight shooting. Man, how things straight change. straight shooting is the Angels' good luck. <laughs> Because they haven't had any over the last few weeks. Uh, well, yeah, they need us. They're they going to need us. Because, uh, I mean, <sighs> you're talking about a team that, I mean, look, we were as we were, we were surprised, obviously. We weren't expecting the Angels to do this. And we know they spent a bunch of money to up that, you know, that pitching staff. And you obviously have Mike Trout and they got some other weapons as well. But it just hasn't come together for them. And so we weren't expecting that to happen this year either. But lo and behold, they get off to the second hottest start in franchise history and a short two months later mired in the worst losing streak in franchise history of over 12 games over 13 now uh the angels fire their manager joe madden and i i'm sure most of the baseball world and i'm, I'm sure you were too when it first came out you were just like wait what uh, yeah, I, not really, though. I mean, to a certain extent, you have to expect somebody to be the scapegoat when things go this horribly. You have to expect somebody mm -hmm. to take the blame. And, you know, a lot of times that's going to rest on a manager. Now, did Joe Madden lose them those 12 games in a row? No, he did not. They have much larger problems that we're going to discuss here in a minute, but... When you've lost 12 games after you've spent the money that you've spent to bring in people like Anthony Rendon and things like that, somebody's going to take the blame for it, and it was Joe Madden. Well, and Anthony Rendon that's been on the IL right. for a while now. But, Matt, on our last show, we <laughs> talked about this. We talked about this, and we said that the Angels' curse is health. They can never stay. I mean, Mike Trout left the game Tuesday night, mm -hmm. I think, because he was trying to stretch a, a double into a single, which is what Trout does, right? He's an aggressive player. But I think this team... Other way around. What? Stretch... Oh, Stretching a single into a double. <laughs> oh, man. He yeah. running the wrong way, and you're mentioning. <laughs> okay. It's been a COVID long day, fog folks. is real, folks. Oh, COVID goodness. fog is, is real. You're not kidding. Yeah, I... Man, he tried to stretch a single <laughs> into a double. But, okay, regardless of the fact that, you know, Trout came out of the game the other night, Rendon's been on the IL, this team, we said this, they, they've kind of, like, 
overshot their value, I think. I think that that fool's gold of the beginning of the season and that hot start that they got off to was exactly that, fool's gold. Because we even said, of those four teams that were leading the, the divisions, right? The first time that both L.A. teams and both mm-hmm. New York teams were leading their division at the same time, they, they were the worst of the bunch. And and there's actually statistics yeah. to back that up. Like, defensively, they're a worse defensive team metrically, according to Fangraphs, than the Detroit Tigers. They actually have a UZR well, rating, which you're is... You're talking about a top 10 defense, AJ. No, not according to Fangraphs. Well, according, <laughs> according to Fangraphs and, the, and filtering it by UZR which is an ultimate zone rating, which mm-hmm. assigns a run value to different defensive metrics like arm strength and range and all of those different things. The Angels actually right. produce on the season a negative 8.5 UZR. Their run value for their defense is they've lost eight and a half runs, which is actually, I say they're worse than the Tigers. They're actually tied with the Tigers in that rating. But it's not. it doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> It doesn't get any better than that because they're hitting, they're striking out at like a 24.6% clip. And they're walking at a very low clip, which is not a good combination. Like, they they have better players than the Tigers, but metrically, they're not really better than the Tigers. And it, like, yes, they... They have better players. That's why they have won more games. I'm not saying they're the same as the Tigers. But metrically, when you look at the numbers, mm-hmm. they are right in range with where Detroit is. And it, it's just, it was fool's, fool's gold, man. That's, yeah, it's not a good place to be. You don't want to be where the Tigers are because the Tigers are not having a very good year. So, but, I mean. Hey, it's it, a it, new. And it was good fool's gold. You 27 and 17. Yeah. It worked for a while. But month what does, and a half, it worked pretty well. But what does that create when you have the type of players that you have, you get off to that start and you spend that kind of money, that sets expectations. And now, when you come back mm-hmm. down to earth, it ruins those expectations. I mean, they now are behind yeah. the Astros in the AL uh, West by 10 games. By 10 games. Yeah. No, it's... It's not. It's not good. It's, <laughs> it's not, not. I mean, and they so, out so of those four teams to, that we discussed, yeah, you know, the buzz. That's the, another part of the big picture with them is that yes, they are worse than the other three teams we discussed: the two mm-hmm. New York teams and the LA team. They also had the stiffest competition in their division in the Houston Astros. The AL East, you know, it's generally a, a, a war zone, but the Yankees have seemed to have taken command of that. Uh, the NL East. You really don't know what you're going to get. You know, it might be the Braves stepping up, right. might be the Phillies stepping up, might be the Mets stepping up. You really don't know. The Dodgers have gotten some pushback by the Giants recently, but it's pretty much been their division for the last five years. The AL West has been, you know, the Houston Astros division. Mm-hmm. So you have a big name pushing back on you atop of that, and then your team just falls apart, and you can't get any wins, and you're in the, mired in a 13-game losing streak. And your manager, who will forever be, you know, never have to buy a drink in the city of Chicago, can't say the same thing in Orange County. <laughs> no, absolutely you cannot. And and that's why, right? Your team's underperforming. Somebody's got to go. I mean, the the Phillies did it with Joe Girardi, right? They they are also a team that has mm-hmm. put up money to bring people in and should have a better team than what they have. 
But, you know, when you measure baseball teams by the names on the back of the jersey and not necessarily by what the numbers say, you end up creating Mm -hmm. expectations that will never be met. And that's kind of what happens with a lot of people around the game of baseball. You look at a Trout, a Rendon, an Otani. You look at a a Castellanos, a Schwarber, a Bryce Harper, and you're like, man, these guys should be winning their division every year. But, I mean, those players do have deficiencies. Some, you know, less deficiencies than Mm -hmm. others. But you can't, I mean, you've got to... You've got to get on base. You got to walk. You got to strike out less. You got to make contact. And the Angels just aren't doing that. When you strike out twenty five percent of the time, that's well, yeah, and not good. Yeah, not good. But and on top of that, it also looks like this has been in the works anyway. This was the final year of a three year contract for Joe Madden. Uh, he was hired by the owner. And he was hired before the new general manager was hired. So now you've got a manager working under a GM who is not the GM's guy. Generally not a good situation. Sometimes it works out, but usually the GM wants to bring in their own guy. Uh, and on top of that, there's you know questions about his decision making. You know he walks he walks Corey Seager with the bases loaded earlier in this season. Uh, he, you know, there, he, you know, spills the beans on this idea that Mike Trout was going to move to one of the corner outfield spots and they were going to bring someone else in to play center field, uh, to try and save, you know, some wear and tear on Trout's body. And there was a way, I guess the angels wanted to go about presenting this idea to Mike Trout and Joe Madden just went out in front of the press and basically spilled the beans on it. So it looked like he made some decisions that made their job a little bit easier as well to say, you know what, forget finishing the third year. It's time to go. Yeah, and I mean, why not, right? If, if you if you don't like what's happening, then make a change. And so they made a change. I mean, you got to respect them for making a change. You bring it back to Detroit, right? We've been woefully pathetic on offense, and not a single change has been made yet. I mean, we haven't seen real mm-hmm. like even demotions aside from Akil Badu. Chris Kubal still has a job, so it's like. At least they made a decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I don't want the Tigers making that same decision. Please no, do not get no, rid of AJ. No, Hitch. that's not what I'm saying. No, absolutely. <laughs> don't follow not. in the Angels' footsteps. No, no, I know, no. I know, I know what you're saying. No. I know what you're saying. But here's the thing with the but, Tigers, right? Because we in so, the thing with the Tigers, we talked about them getting off to a bad start. Tommy Lasorda said, you're going to win 54 games, you're going to lose 54 games, and it's what you do with the middle 54 that, that matters. And mm-hmm. against the Pirates, uh, Tuesday night and then Wednesday afternoon, they started that second stretch of 54. Started with game 55, right? The first 54 didn't go so great. Okay, so what are we going to do with this next stretch? And I, I think we're going to see a little bit different team you're gonna get guys back like Grossman Green's gonna be back so but I know we're not talking about the Tigers so I just can't help it (laughs) not quite yet not quite not not quite yet I do want to stay on the Angels for a minute because they you know they've made a move that's become more popular uh as of late and that move was to a former ball player a former Tiger uh in Phil Nevin who moved from third base coach to manager so Mm -hmm. Nice, you know, nice ascension. And this is a guy that's kind of been in the mix of managerial, you know, interviews in the past. 
uh, and spent the last four years in the Yankees organization, being the third base coach there. After the Yankees really disappointed in the postseason last year, there was a sweep of managers fired. He was one of them, or coaches fired, um, and he was definitely one of them and got picked up you know, pretty quickly by the Angels. And now, lo and behold, he finds himself finally at the position that he's wanted to be in for a little while now. Yeah, and, I mean, good for him. You know, he well-traveled guy while he was there, one-time All-Star during his career, 15.9 war guy. So not, like, an outstanding player during his time, but, I mean, he did play. Um, nice 12-year career, yeah, you know. Like, he did, he, he made a 10-year mark, and that's a fully Bounced vested. around a little. That's a fully vested um, um, retirement, at the, you know. So good for him. Good for him. I don't. I can't yeah, say I mean, much because we haven't seen coach, him in the role. You but. know, the players seem to love him. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and, and this will be nice to see. And you know, and I think he's going to get a real fair shot the rest of this season. I, no, they're not going to get rid of him. You know, till the end of this season, if they get rid of him at all, we'll see how he does with the Angels, with the roster, and you know, if he can turn around. The players seem to love him, and uh, you know, I. But I, I think a lot of the players, you know, also enjoyed Madden. You know, he might have rubbed some people the wrong way. He's a little bit of a different kind of guy. But being a former player himself, Nedvin's able to relate to the players really well. It wasn't that long ago that he was playing. You know, it was about 15 you know, years ago or so. It was by the end of his career. Uh, so he's going to get a chance the rest of the season to see what he can do in this role. And he's got players to do it with. We're hoping Mike Trout comes back. You know, poor guy. Jesus, can't stay healthy. Just finally, finally gets out of an 0-for-26 slump. Hits a home run. And then later on, that single, he tried to stretch into a double, and he pulls up lame. So now it's how long is Trout going to be out? And this has been part of the Mike Trout story, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Is that he hasn't Mm -hmm. been able to play a full season or, you know, or even most of a season a lot of the years in his career. And last year he played, what, 35 games? Something like that? So he's coming off a year where he missed the the wide majority of it. Hopefully this is a little nothing. He's, you know gone for a week maybe two and then comes back because you know it's great for the angels it's better for baseball when one of your best players is able to be out there promoting your game with this greatness right and and you know you you hope that it's nothing serious with trout it was growing tightness was what they came out with uh, but it unfortunately like you said is part of his story now listen you're never going to convince me that he's not the best player in the game even though he's kind of come down off of the mantle a little bit because of those missed years, watching this guy play is something special. Um, when you're as young as he was being put into on graphics with guys like Mantle and Maze, that's a special player. And yes, there have been people every year that have challenged him for the best that year. But when you're consistently the one that they're comparing you to, then you're the best, right? And so you want to see the best players on the field. And you want to see the best players playing. And you know what? If he needs to move to a corner outfield position, then Mike Trout needs to move to a corner outfield position if that's going to be less wear and tear on the body. He just has to. Yeah, I don't disagree. I think it's a smart move for the rest of his career to make that move. And they looked like the Angels were in a position to try and do it. And then Madden blew it up by bringing it out in a way that the Angels were not trying to do. And obviously, you know, when Mike Trout finds out on Twitter that this is what the Angels want to do, you're not going to have a good reaction. If you are the face of a franchise and you are finding out through social media that this is what your team is trying to do, 
because your manager's got a big mouth, that's not helping your situation. And it's going to hurt the ego a lot more than the news alone of it's not about you not being good enough to play center field. You're Mike freaking Trout. It's about how long do you want to play this game for? Or how long do you want to be able to play this game? Do you want to be able to go out on your terms mm-hmm. as opposed to being forced to retire early and you know rob yourself and the rest of us of your greatness? Well, and, and that's the question that you have to ask Mike Trout, right? Do you want to be a what could have been Mickey Mantle, right? Like Mickey Mantle will always be kind of remembered as one of the greatest that's ever played the game, but also very much a what could have been because of injuries and you know the stuff mm-hmm. that we talked about in one of the greatest baseball movies ever of 61 which I did go back and watch last week and it is so good but um <laughs> I watched a lot of movies last week let me let me tell you um I bet you did <laughs> but you but you that's the question that you got to really at, kind of wonder about trout are you going to be a what could have been or are you going to be a the guy, like, the, I can't think of a good term yeah. for it, but, like, the one that's remembered for all the right reasons, not the what could have been. No, a, yeah, a, a, a Willie Mays. Right. A Willie there Mays, who played, what, 22 years in Major League Baseball? You know, and did he stay too long? Absolutely. But he went out on his terms. Right. He didn't get taken out in year 13, right. 14, because he didn't take care of his body and, you know, drank too much, smoked too much, partied too much, and didn't do everything. I'm not saying Mike Trout did that, by right, the way. Right, right. I'm just saying, in general, there are plenty of players who their careers ended early because, guess what? They enjoyed life. And there's nothing wrong with that. No. But if you are destined to be and have proven yourself to be one of the greats there are sacrifices involved in being one of those mm-hmm. greats and you know if you want to be compared to willie mays and the, and that ilk more so than the you know the mickey mantles who are, are just as great right but you got not quite the career of these other guys because you weren't able to stay on the field right yeah it, it's a question All right, now let's get to, to our tigers let's get to them <laughs> so, Let's get to them. Winners of two straight, they swept the Pittsburgh Pirates in a two-game series at PNC Park. Hey, two road wins against Pittsburgh. Isn't this the same Pittsburgh team that just swept swept the Los Angeles Dodgers like two weeks ago? So I'll take it. You know, I'll absolutely take it. Uh, we saw Miggy being Miggy, and Miggy's been pretty darn good the last uh, 14 games or so. Batting average is shot up and uh, getting some timely hits in the eighth inning uh, to help the Tigers complete that two-game sweep, a 3-1 victory. And uh, we better start getting used to the name Alex Fiedo, AJ. Oh, my goodness, because yes, we Because this should. kid's throwing some gas. Well, it's not even just the gas, right? It's the way that he pitches and is doing such a phenomenal job as a rookie. But truthfully, not as highly touted as the younger guys, right? The Mises and the Scoobles. Mm-hmm. Kind of kind of got lost in the shuffle of the rebuild, right? But he was, if I'm not mistaken, our first rebuild draft pick. Kind of got lost in the shuffle a little bit. Like, fell down the prospect rankings. But, I mean, this mm-hmm. guy's a former College World Series MVP. He knows how to pitch on the big stage. Like, the this is exactly the type of guy that the Tigers need in their rotation because you have Scooble, who is, even when Mize is healthy, Scooble's going to be the best pitcher on that staff. I've said it since the beginning of last year, even a year before that. Scooble's going to be the ace of the staff even when Mize is healthy. 
You have the two big guns. You need that third guy that's just like that steady rock, right? He goes in. He does his job. Mm -hmm. He's not flashy. He's not going to strike out a million players. He is going to get in there. He's going to give you five, six solid innings. I mean, what he's on seven outings now of five innings or more with two or less runs, which... Is the third time that it's happened since eighteen ninety three? That's yep. insane. Third time, first time since Jared Weaver in two thousand six. You know that's absolutely insane. But that's that's the kind of guy, the kind of pitching that you need. That's the kind of you know um, way you build a rotation. Right, he's he's that that good solid third starter. So you get into a three game series and you got your ace two and three, you have a pretty good chance of winning that series. Four and five pick up the slack later on, but this is this is good. <laughs> to say the least, when you were talking about something that has only been done three times in over a hundred and twenty years, almost one hundred and thirty years now. Uh, that's that's impressive, and you know even if you don't know of this stat, but to be the first pitcher to go five or more innings, allow two or less runs in his first seven starts since Jared Weaver in 06, and Jared Weaver was a pretty good pitcher. You know, might not be remembered for it because you know again he had health issues as well. Uh, you know, bo- both Weavers actually had some uh, some issues there, but when they were good, they were really good, and to be the third player to join him uh, and Fernando Valenzuela. As you know, because that'll be the record that he will tie if he gets his eighth, you know, straight appearance of doing this. You know, young, older older baseball fans will know, you know, what Fernando meant uh, to baseball. You know, just an outrageous character, perfectly made for Los Angeles. Uh, he was <laughs> definitely a, a memorable character and damn good pitcher as well mm-hmm. in the major leagues. And you know, if if Alex Fajardo can continue this ascent, that's fantastic for the Tigers moving forward. It is. It is. Now, if I were to ask you, what's the Tigers' record in the last 17 games, what would you say it is? Let's see. So they are, what are they? They're 33 and 23 overall right now? Well, no, you have that backwards. <laughs> They're last 22 and 33. Sorry, yeah, sorry. My bad. My bad. My bad. 22 and 33. Um, the last no, they're 23 games? and 33 after the win on I'd Wednesday. They're 10 games under 500. Right, yeah, so 23 and 33. Yep. 10 games under 500. The last 17 games, I know they got swept by the Yanks. Uh, that was a bit of a longer series than their sweep of <laughs> Pittsburgh. Uh, but I would guess we are a, not too far under 500 for those 17 games. We're 10 and 7. 7 and 10? 10 and 7. We're 10 and 7. Hell yeah. So that's the thing, right? When, you, All right. when, we, when we talk about the Tigers, that- like... The the offense is, is putrid, but the offense is also getting a little bit better. Um, you know, when I when I look in, you know, on the corner, we discuss this quite often, um, but I've been really tracking how they're hitting the ball, how hard they're hitting the ball, um, mm-hmm. because I want to know, are they are they actually hitting the ball solid? Um, but when I look at like them tracking it and hitting the ball hard, there's a lot of outs that are being made with hard hit baseballs and expected batting averages on balls in play for like a ball hit like that 
They're over four, six, eight hundred expected batting averages. They were just an out, right? So eventually those balls are going to fall. Mm-hmm. Every in baseball, everything evens out. And I'm, I'm like looking at their game uh, Tuesday night, which took me till midnight because they didn't start until nine o'clock. But I mean, balls in play, like uh, Javi Baez, for instance. Okay. Free swinger, we know this, and it's been the curse, and everybody's kind of down on Javi right now, which, okay, he hasn't produced. I get it. But he finally saw pitches in an at-bat. He saw six pitches in his first at-bat and roped a double down the left field line. Um, Hit the ball hard. It was like the hardest ball hit all night at 112 miles per hour off the bat. That is what we need Javi Baez to do. See pitches because... If you swing, here's my thing with Javi. If you swing at the first three pitches and you're swinging at the pitcher's pitches, you're not giving him an opportunity to make a mistake. But when you start battling and you start seeing pitches, eventually that pitcher is going to leave one up. And then you can crush it. And that's where I think Javi's kind of spinning his wheels right now. Is He's just, first of all, his timing is terrible right now because he's rolling everything over and he's pulling everything. But he's just got to see more pitches in that bat and wait for those uh, mistakes that he can that he can jump on. It's it's I'm excited about these next 54 games because I think that we're going to see a bit of a turnaround. I wouldn't be surprised if we're within two three games of 500 after the next 54. So by game 108, let's say that we're what 52 and 54. No, that's bad math. 52 and 56. 53 and 56. I would say that's an improvement, wouldn't you? I mean, yeah. That's a heck of an improvement over what they've been this year. Because, I mean, you're still talking about... That means that we would be nine games over 500 in those 54 games. Because we started 12 games under 500 after 54. So... I, I can see it. I, I know I'm eternally optimistic about this team, but when Miguel Cabrera is the best hitter on your team and everybody's eventually going to find their level, right? Water always finds its level, which is true about baseball. These guys are not mm-hmm. going to stay down all season. They're going to find their level. Miguel's going to continue to do what he's yeah. doing. The offense is going to get better. I mean, Daz Cameron. Daz Cameron has, what was the graphic that I saw today? Please don't betray me. Like, five of his last eight hits are all extra base hits, and he's hitting the ball hard. Daz Cameron, who some don't even consider to be a major league hitter, he's finally getting some run on the field, and he's hitting the ball. Yeah, his average is around, like, 220, but he's not had the opportunity. So I'm excited to see what happens with them these next 54 games. I mean, look, we're still talking about the worst offense in baseball by a wide margin. 27 less runs than the second worst team, which is the Oakland Athletics. So there's reason for hope because it can't be worse. Right. It's only got to go up. That's the And message, we're talking though, about right? a defense as far as runs scored. Right. No, absolutely. And that's the thing is it's got to go up. You still have a pitching staff that is giving you chances, you know, night in and night out. Literally, there are less than 10 teams in baseball that have had less runs scored against them than the Detroit Tigers. So your pitching staff is giving you a chance. If the offense can even get a semblance of getting it together, you're talking about a 500 baseball club. And it's stupid, silly stuff that's killing them, too. 
right? Like, you look at that Yankees series, for instance. Okay, game one. Garrett Cole, you were not beating Garrett Cole that night. That was, that was like, one of those special pitcher nights where you're like, I mean, you know from our mm-hmm. chat that we had that night going on. I'm sitting here texting you all like, hey, Something special is going on in the Bronx. One run was enough. <laughs> I that's literally what I said after inning three, wasn't it? I said, you said one run was enough. Game's over. The way Cole's throwing right now, they don't need more than one run. They got twelve mm-hmm. more than one, but <sighs> it is what it is. That that's a whole nother segment. But like I look at that game on Sunday against the Yankees, right? And it was just stupid things that really killed them and lost them that game. Javi Baez not recognizing the runner was leaving from first and goes to turn two and then doesn't have a chance to make the play at first. And then, you know, walking a batter with the bases loaded. And then you got a guy on third with a slow roller hit the third base and he throws the ball away. Like, I understand being aggressive defensively in that spot, but you weren't even in a position to make that play, let alone execute that play. So mm-hmm. it's just cleaning up stupid, silly stuff like base running errors, right? Like, Javi gives him the lead and then gets caught in no man's land because Gallo barely bobbled the ball. I like the aggressiveness, but we need, like, a tempered aggression that will, like, work to our benefit, not work to our detriment as it has been. No, I'm with you. You know, bad luck, nothing you can do about. But bad decisions, you definitely can. And the more the Tigers can cut down on those, you know, the better off they're going to be. And, you know, hopefully we're starting to see a turn of things. Like you said, last 17 games, 10 and 7. I don't think they could have said that for the 17 games before that. Uh, So I think think they're definitely on the upswing. And hopefully we can uh, enjoy them some more this summer than we have in this spring. Right, for sure. That's the whole goal. No, I mean the seventeen before that they were like twelve and or five and twelve, just rough estimate. So yeah, I mean definitely big difference. Yeah, Yeah. big difference. Yeah, it's time to talk about. All right, let's get off of the uh, the the grass and the sand, and uh, let's talk about the uh, the grass and the sand. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) the live tour is getting underway. Mm -hmm. And names are dropping like flies, AJ. Phil Mickelson, we knew about it. It's been an ongoing thing for a while now. But now you've got Dustin Johnson. You've got Bryson DeChambeau. You've got Patrick Reed. You've got Ian Poulter. You've got Lee Westwood. You've got Graham McDowell. These are all names Louis you Oostazen. know from major tournaments and PGA tournaments. Louis Oosthuizen out there. Kevin Na out there. These guys are all going to play, and they are all giving up their PGA Tour cards, okay. except for okay. Phil Mickelson. Except for Phil Mickelson. But everyone else is giving up their PGA Tour cards to go be a part of this new groundbreaking golf league that Greg Norman is the CEO of. Got to have a big name there. And, and is trying to change the game of golf. And I, you know what? I'm excited about it. Like, I'm literally, like... I'm kind of, like, more interested in what's going to happen in London this weekend than I am on the PGA Tour this weekend. And so I hope it gets some run, like, on television. Is there any type of TV deals do we know about, or do we know if it's going to be broadcasted? Uh, That, it's definitely going to be broadcasted. I'm not 100% sure where yet. Okay. 
But uh, see, so if for I the were, next, uh, for, if I were the next one, if I were like TNT or I were like, I, I mean, of course ESPN, but like maybe one of those like smaller networks that doesn't necessarily have golf coverage, but they maybe want to get into that market. I would be signing a deal with Live right now. Like I'd be going. Let me be your exclusive broadcasting company for these tournaments, and I would make it happen. Okay. Here we go. Okay. You can free live stream it at livegolf.com. Okay. YouTube and Facebook. Okay. So multiple ways to watch this, none of them on your television as of yet. Well, unless you have like a fire stick and you can live it from YouTube. Right. But you're using your sure. yeah, you're using your t- television okay. as a big computer. At monitor. least it's getting out there. I I just it, it's what's what shocked me when the news came down this week was the resignation of the tour card. That's what shocked me. And but but what's interesting about that is they don't want... the the statements that were made right by PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan that said that if you participate in this London thing, then there could be disciplinary action. Dustin Johnson's like, mm, no, there's not. <laughs> what are you going to do? Because you can't keep them out of the majors, from what I go. understand, my... right? You can't keep them out of the majors because they're Except, not sanctioned uh, well, by the three of them for sure. Except the PGA Championship, but again, I don't know about the PGA. I would imagine PGA Championship. I think they can, but the US for sure. The, the, the but, Open Championship and the Masters. But we go back to what we've said before. Of all the majors, the PGA Championship is the one that matters the least. Nobody really cares about the PGA Championship. The Masters, the U.S. Open, and the Open. Well, as fans, we don't. Well, okay, yeah, sure. The golfers for their career, they're still major winners. Like, I get that, and I'm not, like, upset about that. Right. But as a fan, like, I don't even know if I maybe watched, like, four shots on the third round of the PGA Championship. I just was not interested in it for whatever reason. Just not interested. Now, I will tune into the U.S. Open. I will tune into the the Open Championship. The only thing that sucks about this is the resignation of the Tour card does mean that they cannot participate in the Ryder Cup. So that does kind of suck because the Ryder Cup is one of my favorite events. Even, like, it's like well, Master I mean, and this Ryder is... Cup. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I hear I hear you. I I absolutely love the Masters. I have fantastic memories from different multiple different Masters, and I still think the greatest battle I ever saw was Patrick Reed and Rory McIlroy in the in the Ryder Cup because that oh, was yeah. that was just so much fun. The crowd into it, Rory into it, Reed yeah. into it. That was one of the most fun golf I've ever seen in my life. Uh, but that's on the PGA, I think. In my mind, I'm not putting that on the players. You no. have put the players for sure in this position. To make this sacrifice. And so now it's on the PGA, in my mind, to make it right eventually. I think they will. I think this is something that, you know, as long as the Live Golf Tour doesn't fade out and more names, because, like, they're already saying Ricky Fowler is, like, this close to signing, you know, so he might be leaving the PGA Tour as well. Uh, You've already got some major championship winners. Look, you got the former number one. You got, you know, Dustin Johnson's over there. A couple of Phil Mickelson, the second most acclaimed golfer. In the last 50 years of golf, you know, it's Tiger Woods and then it's Phil. Well, 50 years. And then it's everybody else. The last, you know, 40 years of golf is still going. So let's say like the last like 30 years. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Okay, fine. 
We can say the last 40 years. We can say since I was born. Okay. Since 1982, Jack won, what, one or two more majors? Right. He won the 86 Masters. I don't know what he won before that. That was in the 80s. But Phil, 45 wins on tour, six major championships. He is second behind Tiger in this era, and he is gone. He's not, hasn't turned in his card, but he's got his issues with the PGA, and, he, and everybody knows about it by now. Unfortunately, they're focused on the stuff he said about Saudi Arabia and not focused on the problems the PGA is actually causing by not giving the players basically NIL. <laughs> they're basically right. taking away their name, image, and likeness for all of their shots. <laughs> oh, so it's, it's yeah. on the PGA to, you know, to make this right in my mind. And if the, if, if live golf is a success, they're going to be, their hands going to be forced yeah. at some point. And you know what? Good, right? That competition breeds success. Yeah. Greatness. It breeds greatness. And so the, there definitely has to be pressure that the PGA tour is feeling, especially with the names that they've lost. I mean, Sure, some of them have faded into relative obscurity, right? Like Poulter, Martin Keimer. Oosthuizen still competes a little bit on the PGA Tour, but he's not the the force like he was when he just like shot onto the scene in the Open no. Championship. Graham McDowell, another one that's kind of faded into obscurity. But when you're losing Dustin Johnson, when you're losing Phil Mickelson, when you're losing young, energetic people like Ricky Fowler that are fan favorites, that's going to hurt. That's going to hurt significantly. And so it behooves the PGA to not sit in their ivory tower and be like, I can't believe you left us. But being like, okay, how can we compromise? Because compromise is the name of the game at this point, right? Mm -hmm. It's how can we all yeah. be successful? You want rights to your media? Okay, let's do that. And guess what? We'll also, when we give you the rights to your media, we'll just kind of handshake you your PGA Tour card back. Just to make sure that we're all good, right? It's just one of those things that, like, it's got right. to be fixed. And and we've seen this isn't this isn't unprecedented, you know. Having we saw this in the '60s, we had a great show talking mm -hmm. about this. Jack Nicholson, Jack Nicholson, Jesus, Jack Nicholas is part of the, <laughs> one of the many golfers leading the charge because they were not happy, right? <laughs> not happy with the way things were, the status quo of the, the PGA, and they ended up winning in the end. But it took a lot of coming to the table to get it to where they need to. And we haven't gotten a lot of coming to the table yet. Uh, and I, I think right now the PGA has really brushed off this uh, Live Golf Tour as more of an irritant. And the more big names decide to do what these other names have done uh, is going to force their hand. I don't understand why there's so much of an irritant. This is not the same as the PGA. There are different events going on here in the Live Golf Tour. You have team captains with crazy names. Phil's team name is the High Flyers. They had a freaking draft to pull players in. Which you've I, got that's the individual fun. events, and at the same time, you've got team events. Like this, I know. No, this is what I'm saying. This isn't what you're getting from the PGA. You're yeah. not doing this in the PGA. The only time you have team events in the PGA Tour is when it's the Ryder Cup or the President's Cup. It's things, situations like that. Otherwise, it's every man for himself, and that's how golf is. This is mixing it up it's not giving you the same thing why is it a problem and we love the team competitions in golf right this live tour seems like it's going to be making golf attractive 
to people who are not like us that like love like I literally brought my putter downstairs tonight so I could put a few on the carpet before my outing on Saturday. But like the this mm-hmm. makes golf more attractive because golf is fun. Right? Golf can be fun. And it's not necessarily as fun when it's just birds chirping in the background. Everybody's got to be quiet. We got to hold ourselves to, you know, like the right. That's what's so great about the Ryder Cup is it is it's like a college football atmosphere when it shouldn't on, on a place that is not known for having a college football atmosphere. Right. It's also why the Waste Management Open is so right. awesome down in Phoenix is because you got the stadium 16th, mm-hmm. right, where it's a par three and everybody's going yep. nuts. And these, you know, not cool golfers get to act like, you know, raising the roof like tiger when he is ace and he's raising the roof like 10 years after that was cool right so it's 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 one of those things that like is it's just going to be good for the sport and i am very excited because they kick off this week do they not matt they do yep it is uh it's kicking off this week in london uh i think it's actually starting tomorrow oh no wait now they do remember we talked about this. They do fifty four holes, mm-hmm. not seventy two. So is it Thursday to Saturday or is it Friday to Sunday? That is a good question. I need to see. We're gonna have to figure that out. But there's individual, there's team events, and you have four captains, right? Or twelve captains? I'm sorry, uh, twelve captains. No, two, twelve captains of yeah. teams of four. Of teams of four, so thirty six players. Uh, the captains were Phil, DJ, Sergio, Ustazen, Ian Poulter, Martin Keimer, Kevin Na, Graham McDowell, and Taylor Gooch? Gouch? How do you say it? Gooch. Gooch. Yeah, Taylor Gooch. Okay. No, Taylor Gooch. Okay. You ain't heard Taylor Gooch? I haven't, actually, to be honest. Taylor Gooch's been around for a while. So, as you mentioned, Phil's team is the High Flyers. You have to, listen, these guys had to have picked these names. Because it's like fantasy football, right? This is fantasy golf. But mm-hmm. in real life, Phil's the high flyers, DJ's the aces GC, Oosthuizen, he only selected players from South Africa, his home country, and they are the stinger GC, mm-hmm. and then Poulter followed suit and only selected English golfers, of course he only selected English golfers, and they're the Majestics, spelled... uh Majess with the actual sticks were Majestics. Yeah, Majestics <laughs> uh golf club. And then a and that team includes Lee Westwood as well. And I hope that the English team's pants are the British flag. Because you know Poulter would wear that. So I hope that he makes everybody on his team wear the British flag as their pants. Uh, that would be fantastic. If everyone dressed like Ian Poulter, <laughs> that would be so much fun. Uh, I, I know Lee Westwood's down for it. He ain't got a problem. Lee Westwood is one of the kings of accepting and having fun in the in golf, especially later in life. He got his wife on the bag and stuff. He just really enjoyed it much more. Uh, so I'm all for that. I would I would love that because nothing nothing is better for golf than ugly pants. No, nothing. I mean, John Daly has built a company out of it. Let's talk about Lee Westwood. Uh, he might be the player that I am most disappointed never won a major. He's been close, too. Heartbreak Hotel, man. Very, very close. Heartbreak Hotel. I don't okay, know. so it is Thursday through Saturday. Okay. 
So when do they broadcast? So it ends on Saturday. Do, yeah. so do they starts, have time starts... for the broadcast? Because there's six I mean, hours you know, ahead of you're us. in London, so it's going to be it's going to be a little early for uh, for for those in the East Coast, and it's going to be really early for those or in the West Coast. Really late. Because if they're teeing, if they're teeing off at uh, nine a.m. in London, it's three a.m. here. You are talking about four a.m. Yeah, three or four a.m. in the East Coast, and I mean, well, actually, you know what? Cool in the West Coast, you good. You just getting done with your night. You get to go home. You turn on live golf. Perfect. Go. Got there home from go. the bars. You might have another couple more beers. Watch eighteen holes till about four in the morning, and then crash out. So what's crazy though is like these guys got paid bank just to join the league. Phil got $200 million. Well, we, oh, we think. Right, it's rumored. We, it hasn't that's, been confirmed yeah. yet. Rumored, rumored $200 million but, for Phil. What, what we do know as far right. as payments is that, you know, the regular, the first seven events of the season feature a $25 million purse, 20 of it to be split over the 48 golfers who play a part in the tournament. The winner is going to get four mil guarantee, last place guaranteed 120000 The remaining $5 million is dispersed among the teams that finish in the top three. $3 million to first place, one and a half to second, and 500000 to third to be split among the players. So that much we do know. We are obviously assuming and correctly assuming that some of the bigger names, like a Phil Mickelson, like a Dustin Johnson, are probably getting something extra as well. What do you think they offered Tiger? Because you know they offered I think they Tiger. offered Tiger... I think they offered Tiger a billion dollars. I think they offered Tiger one billion dollars to leave the PGA down. because they knew that they were going to have no shot whatsoever if it wasn't at least a billion dollars but what's because this is tiger woods did you see rory's comments earnings today? and endorsement deals yeah. that have made him a billion dollars did you so did you see rory's comments? it had to be a billion to even get his peak his interest did you see rory's comments? uh which one the, the latest one i haven't heard the very latest i heard him the other the other like the other week well and i heard them yeah but so not the very first one and this, this one. is going to be paraphrased but it was something to the effect of whenever you chase money it rarely ends well, as I have found out personally in my own life, is what he said. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to, like, take Rory's stance on this. Because he obviously had the option to go. Because you're not going to get these guys without, of, of, course. of course, asking Rory, who's one of the best golfers in the world. But for whatever reason, he's being loyal to the PGA Tour. Which I respect, but at the same time, would kind of like to see Rory in a team competition again. So, I don't know. Do you think the guys are just chasing the money, or do you think it's bigger than that? No, I think it's a part, it's, I think there's a lot of reasons. Each guy has their own individual reasons. Some people, absolutely. They're, they're talking about a you know life changing amount of money for guys who maybe haven't had the opportunity to really make the life changing amount of money. Now the guys that we know by name sure. have already made that kind of money. Yeah. Okay. So they're not chasing the money in this aspect. Maybe some of them have the same problem Phil has, and they just weren't vocal about it. That they're not happy with the way the PGA is run. They're not happy that they can't take advantage of their own likeness and their own highlights. 
you know, qualities that they have thrown on the golf course, they can't do anything about. Maybe that's part of the reason. Maybe it's to be part of a groundbreaking new league that they're hoping takes off and they get to be, you know, in the, you know, the ground floor of it and be remembered, you know, all time in sports for helping set this new golf league. There are all sorts of reasons. There are, whatever the reasons may be, I don't think any of them are wrong. I think they all have every right to make the living the way they want to live it, as long as you're not hurting anybody else, and they're not. Uh, I think any reason that you can give for wanting to move on to a higher-paying job, something that people in everyday lives like you and I deal with all the time, you know, it's, it's decisions people make all the time in life about leaving a, a comfy position for a chance at something for greatness or just a higher paycheck or whatever it may be. I am not willing to judge anybody for the decisions they make to live the life they want to live as long as it's not hurting anybody else. I'm with you. I No, I'm I, – yeah. I, and I'm excited, man. I, I, I want to see these guys play. I miss watching Lefty play. So I'm, I'm excited to see him back out on the uh, Same. Very much same. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Guys are going to be mic'd up. Uh, it's streaming, so you're going to hear you know four-letter words that you don't normally hear. They get them every once in a while on the PGA broadcast, which I always enjoy. But uh, I think you're going to be hearing it quite a bit more on the Live Golf Tour. So you know we will be back to talk about this the next time we swing around for you guys. Uh, but that is it for tonight's show. For AJ Riley, I'm Matt Basson. Thank you for hanging out with us on Straight Shooting, and we'll see you guys again real soon.